Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney. So what? Welcome along to the Melchester Odyssey, fucking part 69 or something, I don't know. Uh, we are, uh, of course, we're going through the best of Roy the Rovers, the 1980s book. If you haven't got one yet, why not? They're still available. Um, should we just check the price on them? Because um, we inflated the price, didn't we? We did. By uh, doing this thing. I was gonna, it's nice to just have a look and see how much you can get one for right now. If you're interested. Roy the Rovers, the amount of things that we've... Um, boosted sales on is mm. and not and not profited from ourselves. Sometimes it's, it's quite annoying. Roy Rose 1980s paperback. Oh, £12.20 is the cheapest now. Fucking hell. £12.20 plus £2.80 delivery. My one I bought in real life. Um, I've yeah. talked about it before, but I bought it in real life in the second-hand bookshop. In about two thousand, about two thousand and eleven, mm. and I had no idea back then that all these changing. years later I would have monetized it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit like um, I don't know when uh, you what's the story with the magic beans in the market? Jack and the Beanstalk. It's almost the beanstalk. like getting those magic beans, wasn't it? That day, and you've you've it was. created uh, I a didn't podcast know. beanstalk out of it. You never know, like, in the future. Oh, my God. Do you know what I was, the sentence I was just about to utter was this? Go for it. I'm going to tell it. you it. Yes. Because I stopped halfway, and then I thought, I can't say that. It's too stupid. But now, It, it started spirit- stupid, Sam. It started stupid with you never know in the future. I assume this is only going to be stupid. You never know. In This is what I was going to say. Yeah. You never know in the future what's going to happen. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I, I could have predicted that might be what you were going to say. But yeah, there is something in that. Pretty profound, right? <laughs> profound stuff. That's what people are tuning in for. That's the sort of shit you get on the Alan de Bottom uh, podcast. Oh, Does he I'm do welcome. a podcast? Does he? I don't know. Probably. probably if not, he yeah. should do. Oh, welcome to the fucking clever podcast with me, Alan de Bottom. <laughs> this week. I want to talk about the future. Think about futures. You never know what's going to fucking happen. 
That's why the bookies. That's why the bookies always win. Coming up later, I've got that clever cunt Markham Dadwell on the phone from America, and he'll be yeah. talking shit as well. He's done a new book in which he reckons he's worked out how to see the future. I don't buy it, but you know, <laughs> we'll see what he's got to say for himself. Maybe he's got a fucking time machine. I don't know. He's got a theory about that thing where you go all strong and you can lift a car off a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he written a new book about Hercules syndrome. I mean, I've said. <laughs> The cunt's running out of ideas, if you ask me. I mean, how can you stretch to 400 pages about Hercules syndrome? And I asked him, and he says, you know what, it's fucking easy, mate. Because you, 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 you do a bit of background, you do a bit of theory, you interview a few people who've done it themselves, so you pad that, that out. it out. Yeah. Piece of piss, mate. Find an old fucking thing from Victorian time, do really long quotes out of that. Some cunt then, in the olden then, days would have written about it. And at the end, you do what I call a conclusion. And the conclusion is basically what you said at the start, but in different words. Yeah. Bang. And what you can do is you can really stretch that out. You can stretch it out. If you're, if you're right, if you've promised the publisher, let's say 80,000 words, you're still on only 70, you could get 10,000 words out of a conclusion alone. If, if you really need to, you know. You just wrap up everything you've said, but with different words than that. Piece of piss. Um, right, where are we? Yeah, we're on the uh, 27th of February, 1982 issue of Roy of the Rovers. Um, it's one of them where the Roy of the Rovers story is on the front cover, which is always a welcome addition. Um, 16 pence. It says at the top, sign please. Which, of course, we've, we've referenced that before. We're not sure what it is. We think it might we be don't know autograph what it is, analysis. We, I don't even know who Stephen Terry Marks are, to be honest. No, I don't either. Never heard and of And it's got, it's got exclamation marks to say, we've got Steve and Terry they're, Marks. They're being quite boastful about it. Yeah. I'm going to look this up. Steve I mean, they'll have been... and Terry Marks. They just sound like two lads from the snooker club. Two yeah. brothers from the snooker club who, yeah. you know... Basically, one of them, there's rumours one of them might be going pro. And, and <laughs> yeah. the other one just drives him around in his Cortina. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, they've been called the Marx Brothers. Yeah, they are. Stockbridge it's, uh, Town. Kingsbane, Stockbridge Town. Oh, there were stories in the... Oh, uh, yeah. Steve was a striker with First Division Kings Bay. His brother Terry was a skillful defender with Fourth Division Stockbridge Town. So on other issues, they say sign please, and they have a picture of an actual real life pro. So yeah, they'll say like fucking Emily Hughes or Steve Foster. But, yeah, I found this thing, and it says the brothers experienced life at opposite ends of professional football. So oh, that's kind of difficult. a bit like your snooker al- analogy, isn't it? Yeah. So do you think Terry drives Steve around when he's not playing? For fourth division yeah. Stockbridge Town. Ah, give him a few quid to drive me around, you know, keep him busy. I mean, I wouldn't, but my man worries about him. And so I do it more for her as I do for him. Because it stops her worrying so much. He puts a few quid in his pocket. Uh, to be honest, I enjoy the dynamic as well, because I've always liked being the bossy one. So, you know. He's he's Great. asked for all sorts of job titles, you know, like head of operations, executive manager, security boss. I just say, Steve, don't embarrass yourself. Yeah, you're a, you're my fucking driver. That's it. I, I mean, this is great. I've I've found this on a website which is called uh, Stalky Knights Roy of the Rovers Forum. Yeah, that's what I'm on. And yeah. there's all sorts going on there. 
about various old stories than Royal the Rovers. It's mostly stats and things like that. Yeah, oh. Stalky Knight was, um, I think, a former former Melchester Rovers player. Right. I think he played for them in the 70s. Yeah. Um, and there's there's even results from the uh, the Stephen Terry Marks story, as if that sort of thing matters. One of them, someone's posted on this forum some of the results, and he's described it as a frustrating search. <laughs> Maybe he's done do it, mate. Maybe he's, he's taken you know... to the for- he's taken to a fucking Roy the Rovers nostalgia forum to complain about something, <laughs> which he's undertaken himself. Um, yes, January 1981, UEFA Cup versus Dusselberg. Away, draw, nil-nil. Kings Bay went 2-3 on 3-2 on aggregate. Before the game, Mickey Jordan goes missing as he's been kidnapped by a gang who believe he is the head of a group of international diamond smugglers. No, no, yes, yes. stay with me. Well, <laughs> hell. Just before the kick, Steve Marks signals to Ray Bailey and before he can decide what to do, the ball hits him in the chest and he scrambles to save the rebound. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, to be fair, these are all the issues I've got sat in a box. In me, yeah, my spare room, so I can't judge these people. I could fill yeah, in the gaps, no problem. You haven't worked your way through them all yet, have I you? I haven't yet. I haven't. That's it. It feels like some hammock hammock time. Yeah, right. So that's established that Stephen Terry Marks are not real. That's why we've never heard of them. They're from. I imagine that. The, I mean, the strip must have been called the Marks. Well, I think it's a it? bit cheap of Roy the Rovers to advertise that as a cover line. You know, mm. oh, an autograph book for two fictional characters. Mm. Well, we don't know what the sign please thing was, do we? Mm. You know, I think it's handwriting analysis, I reckon, by a psychologist. <laughs> but anyway, on the front cover there, we've got Blackie Gray is running through on goal, and it says in the intro panel, uh, former England manager Sir Arthur Ramsey had become caretaker manager of Melchester Rovers after Roy was shot down by an unknown gunman. A commentary of Rovers' home match against Keysborough related to Roy's bedside helped to bring him out of a coma and the news inspired the Rovers to an incredible 13-0 lead. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh I mean, they goodness. brought him out of the coma, didn't they, by just all chanting, Roy Race, Roy yeah. Race, Roy mm. Race. It was chilling, really. It was like um, one of those monk things, yeah. the chanting monks. I don't know if you've seen The Rise of Skywalker. Well, I know you have, actually, that Star Wars yeah. film. Yeah. And, like, the Emperor comes back and he's mm. in some weird rig-up. Yeah. Like, a sort of a, some sort of black fucking Sith cathedral. Yeah. And, and there's loads of fucking shadowy acolytes all around him. And they're, they're a bit like the Melchester crowd, aren't they? <laughs> Roy Rees, Roy Rees. Yeah. Well, that brought him out of the coma. Um, and they've... The news was then relayed back to the, to the stadium, and it's thirteen nil. Blackie's onside, and he's clear. This is it, the goal which will set a new football league record. Now, if that's not going to make you pick this fucker up in the the newsagents and take it home, I don't know what is. Because when you're like nine, this is the most thrilling thing you've ever seen, especially if it's nineteen eighty two and there's fuck all else going on. Um, the goal which will set a new football league record. Um, because of course they didn't have stuff like YouTubers back then did they so this was as good as it got my son the other day watched a 60 minute YouTube video by um, what's he called Spencer Spencer thingy he does that hashtag United you're aware of him Spencer FC I think he's called and he's a massive YouTuber he did a 60 minute video with his mate um, talking about some beef 
that he's had with another YouTuber who he's done some stuff with in the past and how right. they've fallen out and why they've fallen out and who said what and he said this and all he right, said mate. that. How you doing? Welcome back to another video. Yeah, yeah that's him. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. That's he's an him. adult. He's an adult. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. He's a grown adult. Yeah. And he's uh, and he he's said pu- yeah. he's fully pubic. He's fully pubic. Wow. He's a hundred percent pubic. Um, and he's saying, uh, yeah, yes. And, and some some lawyers got in touch. And they said that if we wanted to, we could sue them, and perhaps we'd get a hundred thousand pounds from them. And I'm like, well, you're meant to be entertaining kids, mate. Don't fucking air your dirty laundry in public. Fuck's sake. What is that sexy United? Is it like a make believe? make-believe football team, like uh, a bit like Hammersmith United or something? It was originally, it was, I think it was his FIFA team and he used to play this team on FIFA, but now it's become a real team and they're in the non-leagues. They're Fucking working their way through the non-leagues. Yeah. Well, he's got 1.97 million subscribers. Oh, he's doing all right then. He'll be making a few quid out of that. Well, he, he at one point he did say, you know, we don't do this for the money. I thought, wait, <laughs> yeah, but you're not fucking shy of it, are you? Well, fucking hell, if you don't do it for the money, what do you do it for? If you if you build a YouTube channel like that, you've got to be doing a lot of fucking content. And YouTube yeah. is harder to fill than us doing podcasts. We just yeah. fucking talk. You yeah. Know? So it takes up a lot I of swear. time, so you better be doing it for some money. Of course he's doing it for the money. But, uh, yeah, that was a very interesting... I was just sort of having me tea over listening this uh, YouTube video where it was just a 60-minute video... It was kind of like that thing in Father Ted where he goes, uh, and now on to my enemies, sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> he was writing a few wrongs, and I just imagine there'd be some bewildered kids going, uh, what? <laughs> anyway, everyone jumps the right. shark eventually. We'll do it one day. Oh, we, so, we've done it years ago, mate. Of course we have. We've when we stopped the doing football seasons, that was when we, we jumped we've, the shark. We've jumped, we've jumped the fucking whole legion of sharks. We've gone through the looking glass and back again. Good. <laughs> so into the story. Continued from front cover. So Blatty Graves threw one goal. I'm throw one goal. Um but Ah the keeper just beat Blackie to it. And he has the keeper's got there and he's cleared it off into the crowd. Uh that's heading for the terraces, says one of the Lampards. Mind your head! Incoming Four. But, um, yeah, Blackie doesn't score the goal. And we go to the hospital. <laughs> Roy, you're pleased to be getting his temperature taken? Or is that a crease yeah. in the pillow? I can't tell. He got no, a thermometer in. I don't know. It looks like he's got a thermometer in his mouth. Which, again, then, in those days in hospitals, there's two things they always did. Wrap, wrap your fucking head up in bandages and then pop a <laughs> thermometer in your gob. That'll see him, right? Yeah. And I'll have, have a check on this... Have a check with the stethoscope as well. Check his heart. <laughs> so he's got the thermometer in there, but then in the next frame he hasn't got it in, so who knows? He spat uh, it, it says, out. Yeah. Uh, there you go, boss. 37 and a half. I'm off home. Um, at Melchester General Hospital, where Roy was listening to the amazing game, <clears throat> commentary comes through, and it's a throw into Melchester, but time is really running out for the Rovers now. The referee has already signalled to his two linesmen. And Roy sat there with the thumb over his mouth. Come on, us, come on. And he looks uh, very... It's a nice close-up in the next one. 
mm. of his uh, his baby blue eyes there, and his head tightly wrapped under the chin as well. He looks a bit like a singer Gregory Porter, but with a bandage. <laughs> I was going to say he looks like a sexy nun. Well, you know, he does a bit, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. Um, and he goes a long throw straight into the goal mouth. Let Duncan Mackay take it. <clears throat> and uh, the commentary goes. And it looks as if they're going to pin anything, everything on one of Duncan Mackay's mighty throws. And the doctor, his head has just spun in a double take. You can see the lines that his head spun. And the doctor goes, great Scott, it's, it's as if they heard him. Look at Roy's face. <laughs> <laughs> I told you oh so. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> told mm. you so, yeah. He's like, mm, that's nice. Yeah, they did what I said. He's shut his eyes and he's got a lovely smug smile on his face. Yeah. Mind you, have you seen the size of the speaker they've set up? They sound like it's like a fucking sound system you get at the Notting Hill Carnival. Well, I mean, you know, huge speaker made of wood. This was 1982, and I remember my dad getting a big stereo system in the summer of '92, and the speakers were like that. That was what you were dealing with then. Yeah. This is pre the days of the MIDI system, where the speakers got smaller. Yeah, it's better these days. But if you can get a stereo, get a nice big get a one. Fucking big one, yeah. MIDI systems were shit actually. There were two. Most they, of them. You know, were, when it yeah. got quite pretty, when you got into nineties, it was like mini it got ones. More and more compact, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Everything must that. be smaller. Yeah, like it's how the Japanese do it. <laughs> Everyone was on about cheaper Japan, as well, weren't they? Everyone wanted everything to be like Japan. I mean, I got no problem with Japan. It's a great culture. But I think people got a bit carried away with it for a while. Do you think? A little bit too yeah. Japani. Well, just because yeah. they're doing everything small doesn't mean we have to. Yeah. Bonsai trees. Oh, yeah, exactly. Trees. Bonsai trees, tiny stereos. Do you know what? I like things to I like a I like to live in a world where you get things in all different shapes and sizes. <laughs> <laughs> Have you got on your personal website, have you got like a biography page? Yeah, that's have part of Have you got that it. in it? Because that yeah, needs yeah, to be yeah. in there. Big style. It's one of the first sentences. <laughs> I, Sam Delaney, Britain's top journalist, like to live in a world with lots of different <laughs> shapes and sizes. <laughs> I like a big tree, for instance, yeah. but sometimes I like to see a small handheld uh, television. Yeah. You know, but only for a short time because the picture quality usually. Yeah, isn't and my enough. eyes aren't my eyesight's really isn't deteriorating rapidly yeah. as well. Yeah. Anyway, so Roy's lying there, um, very pleased with himself because I mean they've just fucking done what they would do anyway. Duncan Mackay's gonna take the long throw, isn't he? It's the last minute. Who else yeah, is gonna exactly. take it? Fucking. It's like him Kenny thinking Logan. he's clever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like he's seen clever by predicting something really obvious. It's like me watching my Sam going, "Oh, it's a penalty." I predict Mark Noble will take it. <laughs> something like what? Like he has every other fucking penalty, penalty for the last twelve years. You cunt. <laughs> See, I told you so. It is Nobes. Oh, I wish I put a bet on it now. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, Mackay, I mean, they're 13-0 up here. You know, they've done all right so far without fucking Roy's interruptions. Jalapeño. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Jalapeño. Back at the ground, Sir Ralph was also playing his part. <laughs> I'll signal to Super Brat and Vic Guthrie knows what's expected of him. You Welshman. <laughs> get up there. Get up there in the box. Get in among it. Make Welshman, it so great oaf. You fucking pagan. <laughs> and there right, it is. Swire. There it is. It says, and there's the throw. A Duncan Mackay special. A really big one. Soaring right into the goal mouth. <laughs> it's like a he's really throwing a caber one. like the Scotsmen are trained to do. <laughs> um, and then uh, Guthrie heads it on. With the what does Guthrie say, Andy, when he heads it? Guthrie says, oof. <laughs> N-N-N-N-N-N-F. F. Six ends. And then there's a shot from, is it Jimmy Slade? I can't tell the number 10. Yeah. He bounces off the keeper's knee. It falls to Kenny Logan. Kenny Logan, yes! That's a goal to me! <laughs> Logan nods it past the keeper. Fucking yes! easy goal. And it's the, the 14th. It's 14-0. 14 it was a nil. fucking tap-in. But Kenny yeah. Logan is... Doesn't matter, fuck, they all I mean, count. I remember when Germany were like 7-0 up against Brazil in the World Cup semi-final in 2014. Yeah. And Joachim Lowe gave the order for them to take the foot off the gas a little bit. Mm. She was like, look, these are fellow pros. We're in their home... We're in their country, in Mm. their fucking home stadium, right? It's packed out with their fans. They're having a really bad off day. Let's not... Let's not fucking rub in because it's disrespectful. It's, It's sportsmanship, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It underpins but everything that we the enjoy. Rovers, they're down the signal vision. They st- they go mental when the fourteenth goes in. It's a scrappy tapping. Logan is fucking. He's he's celebrating like Marco Tardelli in the nineteen eighty two World Cup <laughs> final, and he shouts "Wowee!" Which is such a <laughs> self centered thing to do after a. It's like yeah. scoring a goal and going, "Wow, guys, did you see that? Look at me." And the the Kaysborough players look fucking gutted, holding their heads, 
wandering off in different directions. One got his hands on his hips. Okay, 14-0. They've done it. The Rovers have set a new league record. Um, We've crushed them. Crushed them beneath our boot heels. Watch them squirm. <laughs> squeeze all the life out of them. Beat them so badly they shall never want to play football again. We're almost like a footballing version of the SS. <laughs> destroy them all. Not just in the sport, but destroy them as human beings. Crush their spirit and their soul and their will to live. <laughs> That's uh, right, anyway. boys. They're animals and you should treat them as such. <laughs> Not like a, we Brits treat our animals. We modicoddle them. We wrap them <laughs> in cotton wool. We invite guinea pigs, hamsters, cats... Dogs, into our even homes. iguanas, into our homes and treat them as if they're one of us. But the Greeks, the Greeks have a better idea about how to treat their animals. Go to Greece and the only creatures you shall see are wild on the streets, starving and one-eyed, flea-infested. Sometimes you'll Half see a man. Dead. You'll see a man pull over his car by the side of the road. Looking at a dog, he'll get out of the car, take a broom handle from the boot of the car and beat the dog and then drive off again. Because they are... They understand Darwinism. They understand that we are the highly evolved species. And as such, we should dominate the wild, befurred, clawed creatures that God made simply by accident, who have failed to evolve, to walk upright and enjoy literature and art and you jazz may, music. You may disagree with me, but have you overseen a 14-0 victory? I don't think you have. Only I have done that. Only I, Sir Ralph Ramsey, know how it feels to A, win the World Cup and B, break the league record for most goals. Now, bring forth a, a, a representative of the national media so I may speak into a microphone about this wondrous achievement. I need to address the nation at once. Well, you see, you're probably wondering how I drove these players to such a remarkable feat. It is simple. I tell them to regard the opposition as animals. But first, I convinced my players that animals were a disgusting accident of God's creation and that God was ashamed of them and they would be doing God's work if they destroyed them. Consider the ass designed only to pull ploughs around fields and work for the good of man. And yet, I know of three different men who have taken asses into their homes and kept them as domesticated pets, as they call them. <laughs> One of those men was Jack Charlton, who played for me in the 1966 World Cup. A northern man. <laughs> A man I used to once respect, but now have nothing for contempt for, since I have seen the way he lives his life. <laughs> he treats animals with kindness and consideration. He's weak. <laughs> okay, thank you, Sir Ralph. Um, is there Back anything to you else in the studio, to add? Frank? <laughs> Back to you. That's Sir Ralph Ramsey explaining his thoughts on animals. Back to you. <laughs> but it is, it is, there's a pitch inversion there. Uh, and they're all fans are all shouting hooray! And there's a, there's a, cu- a couple of coppers obviously can't do anything. There's only two of them there, three of them there. And one of them says, "Let them let, let them go, lads. This is one pitch invasion. I wouldn't mind joining in myself." In fact, I might. Come on, let's go fucking mental. <laughs> let's go and whack some of those Keysbrook cunts. And his mate goes, "Aye, we'll forgive them just this once." 
So I'm going to uh, fucking kick off and I'm going to be right in the thick of it with my fucking <laughs> truncheon. See this badge? I'm throwing it away. You know what that means? The gloves are fucking off. No more rules, Keysborough, you cunts. <laughs> Somehow the match commentator struggled up to Sir Alf Ramsey and here is Sir Alf Ramsey giving his interview. Uh, it looks like Dickie Davis, doesn't he? I like it does, that. yeah. He says, Sir Alf, would you say that the Rovers are beginning to settle into your style of play? Ooh, power play. And uh, Ramsey goes, oh, yes. Although they missed a few chances, I'm quite pleased with today's performance. Only quite pleased, you'll notice, (laughs) for my standards are exceptionally high. It was far from perfect. I thought when they got to 10 that they'd get 20, but no, they didn't. And I should be having some stern words with them afterwards. He says, uh, but you must remember that the foundations were already there. I have merely built on the methods of a man who has created one of the finest attacking machines in football. No, so he says, I have built on it. I have made it better. I have improved it. There can be no doubt about that. And I think that Roy Race, once he has fully compassed Mendes, should be dismissed from his role as Melchester Rovers manager. And I shall stay on and make this an even greater club. It's obvious to everyone, surely. Roy Race is a great football man. But rest assured, that is all he is, a man of football. I, Sir Ramsey, am a man of the world, a thoughtful man, a man of art, a man of science, a man of literature. A man right. a man with a mind that has been broadened by exposure to some of God's greatest marvels. <laughs> some of which I could not even begin to explain to a man like you, for fear it might melt his tiny mind. Such as things like smoking monkeys that can ride bicycles. And naked midgets fighting in the streets. <laughs> right now, Race lies prone in a hospital bed. He may as well be dead. Someone may as well go in there and snuff him out now, because his his reign here is surely over. The Ramsey years begin now. This, friends, is year fucking zero. <laughs> Consider me your Pol Pot. <laughs> Burn the fucking books. <laughs> All of them. Burn the records. Uh, burn all your disco records. <laughs> they are of no use to you anymore. <laughs> the stuff of homosexual parties will not be played here at Mel Park. Not on my watch. From I saw on, enough of that during my time in Morocco. And yes, really, while it was really... engaging and compelling for a while, we are now down to business. We will now only be listening to the ragtime jazz music of Scott Joplin and the like. The Entertainer. (laughs) That's the song we'll run out to next time. (laughs) Not Sylvester's You Make Me Feel Mighty Real. It is highly inappropriate. (laughs) Yes, it has served this club well, but you've never broken any records with it, have you? <laughs> the club mascot shall no longer be a man dressed as Sylvester. <laughs> the gay disco icon. <laughs> oh, man. I've spent many. Do you know? During the summer of 1979, I was a regular fixture in the VIP area of New York Studio 54. I would attend it every night with Grace Jones. One night we arrived on horseback together. <laughs> but those days are now in the past, you see. <laughs> it was 
<laughs> the whole evening descended into chaos, and it was there where I uh, formalised my opinions about horses and indoor scenarios. <laughs> I slaughtered that horse on the dance floor <laughs> with my bare hands in Studio 54. Observed by Dustin Hoffman, a young prince. John Travolta. Jackie Onassis. Henry Kissinger. <laughs> and the, the, and, the, the, the mob mentality was sickening to behold. And, and the, surviving, just... the surviving members of the Osmonds are also present. As the horse, as the last strains of life slowly left that horse, Barbara Streisand stepped forward from the crowd and stamped on its skull to finish the animal off. Oh, God. Oh, I took her home to my hotel room. We made passionate and wild love. Thrice. Oh, fuck. Um. What other manager in top-flight football can say that they have murdered a horse in a nightclub with Barbara Streisand. None. Only me, Sir Alf Ramsey. <laughs> oh, God. So he says there in his interview, he says, I've merely built on the methods of a man who has created one of the finest attacking machines in football. But then, in the next panel, we see coming out the speaker and Roy's listening and he says, and I'll be delighted when he gets back here and puts me out of a job. Oh, fuck. That's not what we want. That's not what anyone wants. I thought he was building up to saying that I could just have an honorary role at the club and then carry on with the graft. Launching some kind of coup, but no. And Mm. uh, but Roy's place, he got a big smile on his face, and he goes, (laughs) "Good old Alf, hey Penny." And Penny's just smiling. She doesn't know what the fuck's going on now. (laughs) Um, It says, uh, but Roy's doctors decided he had had enough excitement for one day. And that doctor's got his arm around Penny again there, Sam, look. He ashes her away, he goes, hey, Penny. And before she can answer, (laughs) fucking Dr. Kildare fucking turns up and goes, this way, Miss Race, your your husband may seem as if he is complimentous, but believe me, he has no idea where he is, who you are, or what he is saying. (laughs) I doubt he will survive the night. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let me come and comfort you. It's time you moved on. (laughs) <laughs> he says uh, come along Penny we must let him rest now and then I think the police will want to have a word with him she goes the police you know she's fucking forgetting that he's been shot he might have some information about who did it Possibly. yeah the fucking police what do you think I'm doing in here for the last fucking two weeks <laughs> it was a fucking crime got fucking shot didn't I fucking hell <clears throat> and she leaves the uh, the intensive care unit there with the doctor and he says yes they're hoping that Roy can give them a clue to the identity of the man who tried to kill him. Oh, yes. I forgot about that, yes. I suppose that is important, isn't it? And then there's another it was great. The there. other night went out for uh, dinner on Saturday night at a pub, which I hadn't done in, you know, ages. We went out with some friends and the kids came and all that. And, um, yeah, it was nice to be out, but... Um, to be honest, I'm not much of a conversationalist. <laughs> you don't like to talk much. Uh, <laughs> you know, you got to sort of say, oh, so how, how are you? But it was quite uh, good. Say, look, look, anything I've got to say, I say on my podcast, so maybe I'll just sit back here. You my opinions, my thoughts, my experiences. It's free to wanna, air. Put There's one of this week's episodes, episodes on. I'll have to listen. 
It's free to listen to the Monday or the Friday. If you want the other three, that's fine. It's going to cost you look, not more than a five or a month. Hey, <laughs> And you can get everything you need out of me there. No, but we had a long... It, Len was sitting with me and we were sitting with Stray Man, my mate Stray Man. And it was great because we had a really, really long in-depth conversation about the shooting of Roy Race. Mm. It soaked up most of the dinner. And that was really satisfying to me Good. because he hadn't read it in a while, Stray Man. So he sort of vaguely mm. remembered some of the suspects, but he right. didn't remember the full lineup. And he also didn't remember who the ultimate culprit was. <laughs> Len has a real eye for detail and mm. had perfect recall on everything. <laughs> and it was just great. We were talking through all of the, the people on the suspect list. <laughs> and and just sort of discuss it. It was just great to go out for a dinner in a pub on a Saturday night with your son and the rest <clears> of your family and meet a friend. And, you, you know, you're spending a long time talking about Dougie Brinston. <laughs> Trevor, Trevor Brinston. Brinston. Trevor Brinston. <clears throat> but, you know, is is it Trevor Brinston? We don't know. We don't know. We get a little clue at the end there because that's the end of the episode and at the bottom it says next week a suspect is arrested at the airport. <laughs> now that immediately thinks to me that it's Roy's cousin, isn't it? Um, Arnie Metcalf. Arnie Metcalf. I nearly Metcalf. said Artie, Artie Fufkin there but that's that's the fellow from Spinal Tap. Um, Arnie Metcalf, yeah. Could be. I know who it is. I'm pretending I don't. don't know why. I know who it is. Know. But the suspects, just so you remember because we haven't looked through them in a while because there's been other stuff going on during mm. this 14-0 game. That there is established the shortlist, and it's uh, Artie Metcalf, Arnie Metcalf, who is um, his Australian cousin, who's been trying to sell dodgy swampland to gullible Brits in Australia. Yeah. Um, Trevor Brinson is just a hooligan who's been, who's also just a sort of obsessive about Roy, and yeah. uh, there's that. And then there's obviously Vic Guthrie. Mm-hmm. And there is Kenny Logan's dad. Kenny Logan's dad, name? Arthur Logan, yeah. Arthur Logan. Mm-hmm. I think that's it, isn't it? Oh, no. And then, of course, there's Elton, a, Blake. Um, Elton Blake, the actor who played Roy in yep. the weird reality show they were making. That seems a long time ago. Yeah, yeah so a suspect is arrested at the airport. Um, it says marks out of 10. I don't see how you can give this anything other than 10. Yeah, it's great. It's all in great there, episode. isn't it? Mm. It's all in there. Uh, yeah, that's it for this one. We'll be back with more next week and we'll get closer to finding out who shot Roy in the head. Uh, thanks for listening, and what, everyone. And what Alf does next. Presumably we'll see Alf unpacking his stuff. Yeah. For, like packing up his stuff from the office into his little box and going on his merry his way. Next project. Mm. Yeah, I wonder what that'll be. And so I move on to life's next great adventure. Who knows <laughs> what it might be. Life is a kaleidoscope, is it not? Full of surprising colours and shapes. <laughs> new avenues, new opportunities, new challenges. But never any regrets. And never defeat. <laughs> we'll be back with more next week. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you've enjoyed it. TTFN Dickens. See ya. Hey. 
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 